turn with me, please, to Luke chapter 2. Big surprise. Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> As you turn there, uh, to share a story with you, is a, uh, there was a large a two-engine train, okay? Uh, it was making its way across America. While crossing the western mountains, one of the engines broke down. No problem. We can make it to Denver and get a replacement engine there, the engineer thought, and carried on at half power. Further down the line, the other engine broke down. And the train came to a standstill in the middle of nowhere. The engineer needed to inform the passengers about why the train had stopped and always trying to look on the bright side of things made the following announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some good news and some bad news. The bad news is that both engines have failed and we will be stuck here for some time until the additional engines arrive. The good news is that you didn't take this trip in a plane. I want to talk today about good news. Good news. Let's read this together. Okay, just a a short portion here. Beginning in verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill, Towards men, And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And the Lord will bless the reading of his word again this morning. Let's just pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you again uh, for the wonder of Christmas. Uh, We also thank you for um, the... um, Just the... um, the wonder of the cross. We just consider uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, it just, again, it brings us to our knees. Um, and uh, we're thankful for your precious word. Uh, we are, our prayer uh, this morning um, is that, uh, that uh, your strength would be made perfect in my weakness. Um, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, 
Uh, You saw here in the New King James, they they translated that the angels said, listen, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good tidings, good tidings. And many of you here, I already know, probably already know that that word there actually means to preach good news or to proclaim good news. Um, Sometimes in many contexts, the good news was in terms of a victory over enemies that we read in 1 Samuel. Sometimes, in fact, in several passages, uh, the good news was in reference to salvation, salvation that we read in Isaiah. And so here we see this, this proclamation, um, right? That the proclamation is the good news. It's the good news that these angels are bringing. And so many of you know that the exact same word that's uh, uh, for this word here, translated in the New Testament, is the gospel. The gospel. It's the same, same word that's translated in other portions. And so... The audience here, right, uh, for this good news, for this gospel, was those who were in need, which is really all of us, right? All of mankind was in need of this news, of this good news, of this gospel. And I just thought um, it's interesting that uh, when we think of good news, right, I was trying to think of, like, what are some things that um, are good news? Um, this, <laughs> this past Monday, um, I get a text from my daughter and uh, it's a picture of her hand on this other guy's hand and uh, with a, a ring on her finger. And uh, I got to tell you, that was good news. Good news. I did text her back and told him to get his hand off her leg. And, uh, and then I even said, I said, well, he let you keep the ring even though you said no. But, uh, but engagements, right? When you hear someone's engaged, that's good news. That's good news, right? I was, uh, my wife and I, we were the other day sitting there, and I, and I got a FaceTime call, but I didn't recognize the number, so I didn't answer it. And then sure enough, later on, I find out it's my cousin, and they wanted to FaceTime us because they were in the hospital. She had just had her first baby. You know, great news. Great news. And we were able to FaceTime with them and pray with them over the phone, right? How many of you love the good news of your negative test result, okay? I think all of us have actually gone through that, right? Man, it's good news. Good news, right? How about uh, your, your child or even you yourself, you apply, you get accepted into a college, right? You get that letter in the mail and says, listen, you've been accepted. That's good news, right? How many times we hear of someone who accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior? Maybe someone you've witnessed to. Maybe someone we've been praying for. Right? Nothing great. Such good news. Right? We love to hear uh, good news. I love uh, when, you know, you, you, your child is going somewhere, traveling a long distance, right? Love getting that text or that call saying, listen, I arrived safely. Right? Good news. And so, what I want to look at today is when we consider uh, these good tidings, right, Um, this good news that the angels were proclaiming, uh, certainly I want us to look at um, in relation to even the good news that we heard, right, when the gospel came to us, right, um, I feel like the, there's four things at least this morning that I want to show us that good news does, okay, and the first one is this, good news causes celebration, Good news causes celebration. You'll see here that there's an angel 
um, of the Lord, and, he, and he's standing before them, and he gives them this good news. And then uh, when he tells them what the, what the news is, it says suddenly, right, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. This is just my imagination, but I wonder how many of those angels were just sitting there chomping at the bit. Like, as the angels explain to them, they're like, listen, let's go now. No, 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 wait, wait, he's not done. He's not telling them, telling them the news. But as soon as they finish that news, boom, they were all out there just praising God, celebrating the news that they just give him. I don't know how many of you are sports fans, but one of the things I love is if it's a basketball game or it's a football game, and the underdog, right, the non-ranked team, upsets the ranked team or the team they had no chance of beating. Okay? And it's a tradition now in sports. They keep trying to stop it. They can't stop it. But what do the fans do? They just charge the court, right? Or they charge the field. And you ever notice what they're doing? Nothing. They just want to run out in the middle of the field, and they're just, yeah, we did it. We did it. Just celebrating. Celebrating. Here the angels couldn't contain themselves as a multitude of the heavenly hosts began praising God. You know, I was thinking of uh, the prodigal son, right? If you read in Luke chapter 15, um, it says, and when he comes home, this is the father. Remember, the father runs to his son and he embraces his son. And it says, when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors and he says to them, rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep, oh, in fact, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one here. Uh, in Luke 15, right, you recall, recall the sheep, right? When he loses the sheep, right? And he gets the sheep and he comes home and he calls his friends again. And he says, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. He goes, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And then, of course, in that same chapter, right, when the father is reunited with his son. He says this. He says, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. He goes, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. I just want to encourage us again this morning um, that the good news of Jesus Christ should cause us to celebrate. And as I, I was preparing for this and... Uh, even as I was meditating on these things, I realized that uh, but not everybody is in a, um, a season of their lives where it's easy to celebrate. <clears throat> Do not be uh, dissuaded here by me being emotional. It's only because I'm sleep-deprived. <laughs> this usually happens when you're sleep-deprived in that... Um, Listen, uh, you know, for, for our, our lives right now, it's, it's definitely a different um, with little Donovan. And, uh, and I don't say that to, to make you feel bad for my life. What I said was the Lord gave me that to see that everybody's got something going on right now. And sometimes it's hard to celebrate. Um, when there's turmoil in your marriage, um, I know some may be going through that. When there's um, a tragedy in your home, um, when there's someone in the hospital sick and not doing well. Um, in those times, it's, it's hard to celebrate, right? It's hard to get excited about this time of year. Um, 
But the Lord has just encouraged me again. Um, and I'm encouraging this morning is that the good news that we have heard needs to be celebrated. <laughs> it should cause us to celebrate. No matter what's going on in our lives right now. No matter what it is, right? And, and so I just have some practical ways that we can celebrate the good news of the gospel. Just some practical ways. And that is this, in prayer, right? In prayer, regularly give thanks to the Lord for the gospel. Just that alone, I think, helps, right? As we get alone with the Lord and we're just praying, and you know what we do, and I understand that what we do is we, we bring the Lord all the things we need, all the things we want, um, the things that we're struggling with, all those things, and he wants us to do that, right? But if we could just remember, take a moment in those prayers and just say, God, thank you for the good news. Thank you for bringing the good news to me. I think another practical way to do it, to celebrate too, is to, to remind yourself often of what Christ has done for you in the gospel. Just remind yourself often, right? That no matter, no matter what hardship uh, you're going through, no matter what trials you're going through, um, just to remind yourself again that, man, Jesus Christ saved me. That I've been saved from the wrath of God. That I've been saved from hell. And, and, and apart from all that, the fact that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That we can find so many things, right, that we've been blessed with, even in the midst of the, the turmoil. And just to remind ourselves of all the things that Christ has done for us. And then to allow, allow the truth of the gospel to impact the way you live. Right? As we celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ, right? It, it should affect the way we live. <clears throat> when the, the world, right, encounters you, do they, do they see someone who celebrates the good news of Jesus Christ? Do they see in us just people who are always depressed or discouraged or angry or whatever it is? Um, right? It's, it's so easy for everybody today to to get opinionated and to get angry and to get um, whatever it is. Um, I think more than ever today, the world needs to see from us that, hey, listen, um, that we're happy. <laughs> you know, I, I love the, the guy with the sheep there. He says, listen, rejoice with me. Okay, let's let's celebrate. Come on. I want to show share with you what Christ did for me. Now, just another, just last practical way too is that <clears throat> at least I think, you know, is a great way to celebrate, right, the uh, the good news of the gospel is to celebrate the holidays. I think it's a tremendous opportunity, you know, for us as believers this time of year, right, for us to celebrate the birth of Christ, right, to, to celebrate the incarnation of God. It's an amazing thing, right, the wonder of Christmas. And, and, and we can celebrate in such a way that it could be a testimony to the world in which we live in. When everything's become so commercialized and materialistic and things like that, that we can really come together and celebrate and praise God for the birth of our Savior. A Savior has been born to you. Who's <laughs> Christ the Lord. But even when it comes to Easter and celebrating the resurrection of Christ, um, all those things are, are part of the good news of the, of the gospel. But even, you know, I never even know if you've thought about this, but we had Steve here last week, is that, 
my family and I, we've really enjoyed the times that we've celebrated Jewish traditions. Like it's fun. It's a lot of fun because the gospel is in all those things too. When you as a family can celebrate those different things. Um, But I think that we as believers, we need to celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ. And I don't say that, like I said, being ignorant of the fact that for some of you, it's hard right now. It's hard for this time of year to celebrate. Um, you know, the, the world, right, was a pretty dark place when that news came to, to the, the shepherds, right? But the angels, they didn't care. They celebrated. They celebrated. And even knowing that, that this news, right, that, that when they said, unto you a Savior is born, the angels, not sure how much they understood, right? But we know that the, the purpose was that he was going to die, right? Uh, his first advent was not to set up his kingdom. Um, and yet they still, right, celebrated, right, for that good news. And so I think good news causes uh, celebration, right? The uh, Ecclesiastes says this, it says, there's a time to weep, but there's a time to laugh, right? He says, there's a time to mourn, and there's a time to dance, John 15, 11 says this, the Lord Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be somewhat full. That's right, Xavier, full. Right, full, right? That's what God wants. He wants our joy to be full, full. So let's celebrate the good news of the gospel. But not only does it cause celebration, um, but I think the, the good news of the gospel conveys comfort. These shepherds, right, they were, it says, greatly afraid. (laughs) They're terrified, right? Here you got this one angel of the Lord appearing before them, and the glory of the Lord was shining around them. Certainly, probably quite a a spectacle. They're terrified. I just think it's interesting. Again, I I don't want to speculate, but when the multitude of the hosts then arrive, you don't hear of anything of the shepherds being scared anymore. Maybe they were. I don't know, but at least it's not recorded. You know, they had heard the good news from the angel of the Lord. So now all of a sudden there's a whole multitude of angels. And you know what? I think that they weren't afraid anymore. But we do know that uh, good news, right, brings comfort. I already gave you some examples this morning, right, of times when you get that, that negative test result, right? It brings some comfort, right? When your child arrives safely, right, it brings comfort. There was... Uh, two men in uniform and they arrived at the garment factory where Ruth Dillo was working on Thursday. And they had come to tell her that her son had been killed by a landmine two hours before the ceasefire a Wednesday night in the Persian Gulf. The news spread quickly through Chanute, a town of 10,000. Cards and calls poured into the home. Dillo and her husband Kenny joined about 250 people uh, that day at a rally where Carpenter's father, Cecil, burned black ribbons that residents had worn to mourn the soldier and a plaque they had made to honor him. So this is an example of bad news, right? Bad news um, for this poor mother. On Friday night, the phone rings from a hospital in Saudi Arabia. It was her son. In fact, when 
He had told her who it was. Someone in the house with her said, listen, it's probably someone pranking you. Chance to make sure that it's him. And sure enough, by asking a few questions, she realized it was her son. They had made a mistake. There was an error in the report where he did uh, get treated for shrapnel wounds to his hand and to his leg, but he was alive. He was alive. What comfort that brought that mother to hear her son's voice, to hear the news that, Mom, I'm alive. I'm alive. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 8, it says this. It says, but now that Timothy has come to us from you, and he has brought us the good news of your faith and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. Timothy had come to Paul, and he had brought good news, right? Good news of their faith. And look at what it says here. Paul says, and for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted. We've been comforted. You see, the good news was refreshing to Paul's spirit. Just like Solomon says in Proverbs 25, he says, like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. So again, the good news certainly causes celebration, right? Um, but for those of you that, again, that um, maybe this is a season of mourning. Um, maybe this is a season where your soul is weary and troubled, right? Again, the good news of the gospel can comfort you, right? It can bring comfort. In Acts chapter 13 he says this, and we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus. Again, as we consider the wonder of his birth, right? Um, and we know that uh, when we consider the cross, um, man, we again uh, uh, should be comforted by the good news that Jesus raised from the dead. That even though this time of year we celebrate how poor he became, how little he became, right? We have to remember that he is exalted, right? That he conquered the grave, right? No longer dead, alive forevermore, okay? And that brings us comfort. It brings us comfort. It says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, it says, Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth, of the good news. <laughs> We've all heard the good news, right? We've heard the good news, not only that a Savior has been born, right? But we heard the good news that that Savior went to a cross and He died for you and I. But we've also heard the good news that that one who died and was buried rose again and now is seated at, thy, at His Father's right hand and He's coming again for us. Right? That's why the good news of the gospel brings comfort. No matter what's going on right now, no matter, you know, how, again, how troubled your soul might be uh, this season, right? It's the good news of the gospel, and Christmas is part of that, right? It's part of the gospel, right? That God was manifest in the flesh. So not only does um, good news cause celebration, not only does it convey comfort, and this one's not necessarily 
uh, may not as easily seen here in this portion, but it creates confrontation. If you think of the Christmas story, right, this good news, right? Good news came to um, the shepherds. They went and saw. Um, from there, they went out and told others, and, and people marveled at it, right? People marveled at, at this good news that they were sharing, right? The wise men, wise from, uh, from far, had heard the good news in their own way, right? And they traveled far to worship uh, this one who was born. But there was one person in this whole Christmas story, right, that wasn't too fond of the good news, right? You remember who that is, right? Herod, right? Herod, Herod was not too, uh, not too thrilled about this good news. Um, and in fact, uh, not only is he not thrilled, he actually tried to have Jesus killed because of what he heard. Um, and so as I thought of that, you know, uh, the Lord Jesus, when he was here on earth, it says this in Luke chapter 20. Now it happened on one of those days as Jesus taught the people in the temple and preached the good news that the chief priests and the scribes together with the elders confronted him and spoke to him saying, tell us by what authority are you doing these things? Or who is he who gave you this authority? It's amazing to me that Jesus went around healing people, right? Preaching the gospel to the poor, preaching the good news, and yet constantly was confronted by those who opposed it. You know, as you go out and you celebrate the good news of the gospel, right? Know that when you share um, the good news of the gospel, what you're saying is this, is that people are sinners, <laughs> right? That they're in need of a Savior. You know, the world doesn't like to hear that sometimes, <laughs> right? The world doesn't think they need saving, right? But that's the, that's the good news of the gospel, right? It's, hey, listen, I have an answer for you. This is how you can be saved. And they say, who, who told you I had to be saved? I don't need to be saved, okay? No, no, I have great news for you. Listen, even though you're a sinner, you're set apart from God, there's a way that you can be right. Whoa, whoa, I'm not a sinner. Hey, what are you talking about? Know that the good news of Jesus Christ, although it causes celebration and it conveys comfort, it does create confrontation. And the reason I share that with you is because of this last thing that, um, that I think good news does, is it cultivates courage. These shepherds at one point were greatly afraid. And upon hearing the good news, right? They say, right? Let us now go. Let us now go. And upon seeing the babe, right? Um, seeing, you know, in, in, in evidence, so to speak, of the good news that they had just heard, right? They then made widely known all that they had heard, made widely known. There's a, um, a story in 2 Kings chapter 7 of uh, four leprous men. And uh, at that time, the capital was in Samaria, and they actually were outside the city gate. They could not be in the, the city, right, because they're lepers, right? And uh, they are being under attack by the, uh, the Syrians, and they're saying to themselves outside the gate, there was famine, right, uh, inside the city gate there at the capital because of, again, oppression from their enemies and things like that. And they said, okay, we got a couple of choices here. 
We can stay right here outside the city gate and die. We can go inside the city where there's a famine going on and probably die. Or we could turn ourselves into the Syrians, right? And maybe they'll let us live. Even if they do kill us, well, guess what? We're going to die anyway, right? So these four guys, they head over to the army's camp. And for those who know the story, right? When they get there, guess what they see? No enemies, right? God, right, had made them feel like it was a huge army approaching them. And so they just left without everything. They just ran. And so here are these four leprous guys. They come into this army's camp and there's gold, there's food. They're like, they, they go to one tent, it says, they sit down and they just chow down. And there's some gold, they hide that. They go to another tent. They're like, what is this? This is amazing. But then they say something which is amazing. This is what they said to one another. We're not doing right. This day is a day of good news and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. Here are four men who weren't even allowed in the city. Leprous men. And upon seeing the good news that the Syrians were gone and that all everything was there to plunder, right? they literally say, hey, listen, we can't be silent. This is a day of good news. We have to go tell the king. And they do. They go tell the king and they go and they get in. So the city was saved. The city was saved. And it was four outcasts, right, who were entrusted with the good news that released the whole city from bondage. It was four lepers who realized that they were in possession of good news that simply had to be shared. So what about you? What are you doing with the good news that you've heard? Do you feel or understand that the good news that you've been given is so good that it has to be shared? Or has it just become regular news? Maybe something occasionally brought up at a table conversation or something. Or is it so great news that you would say, listen, it'd be wrong for me not to share it. Listen, brothers and sisters, let's celebrate the good news, right? Let's regularly give thanks to God for the gospel, right? Amidst whatever difficulties or hardships that you're experiencing, right? Allow the truth of the gospel to impact the way you live. If your soul is weary and troubled, Allow the good news to refresh you this morning like cold water. Don't allow possible confrontation to keep you from sharing what you've heard. This day is a day of good news and we cannot remain silent. The good news that we possess simply has to be shared. Has to be. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the good news, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the good news of your gospel. 
We celebrate your good news this morning. Thank you for even the opportunity we had during the Lord's Supper Supper to celebrate the good news. We look forward to opportunities this week, perhaps in our prayer time, perhaps in just everyday life, that we will remind ourselves of how wonderful the good news of the gospel is, that we would allow the truth of the gospel to affect the way we live. I pray for anyone here um, that is mourning, anyone who is uh, grieving and, and, and troubled and weary that that your gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, would comfort their souls this morning. And I pray, too, that this week that we would be compelled, obligated to share the good news with everyone we meet. For this news is not something to be kept silent. It has to be shared. So I pray that the good news would cultivate courage in each one of our lives to be bold with the gospel. For we know that we're living in a world of a lot of bad news. Perhaps, Perhaps this is the time where the world needs to hear good news. And that is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray these things. In the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.